WEMF. WilliamCarltonBoston.com. Check out William Carlton Workshop for the finest handmade caps and accessories. WilliamCarltonBoston.com. I am Dr. Lester Grinsberg, Professor Emeritus of Psychiatry at Harvard Medical School. I believe it is high time that this country reconsiders its stance on cannabis. Do you need a medical marijuana recommendation like I did? Do what I did. CanacareDocs.com. Compassionate, compliant, and confidential. Go where I went, Mike Can, to get my medical recommendation in Massachusetts. CanacareDocs.com. If you're suffering like I am from back pain, or maybe you have MS, post-traumatic stress, seizures, AIDS, cancer, glaucoma. If you're suffering from pain like I am daily, call CanacareDocs.com. It's a much safer way to go. No opiates. You want medical, legal cannabis? CanacareDocs.com. Convenient, nine Massachusetts locations, Peabody, Quincy, Waltham, Brockton, Stoughton, South Dennis, Cape Cod, Fall River, and Worcester. Also, I forgot, Seekonk, also in the states of Delaware, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Maine, and coming soon to New Hampshire and New York, it's CanacareDocs.com. Get your medical recommendation, get legal, CanacareDocs.com. Welcome, we're the Young Jerks, WEMF Radio. My name is Mike Crawford, and uh, I have a special uh, guest co-host with me today. Hello, all. I'm Beryl Lipton. I'll be keeping my company. Thank you. That was very good. Uh, and uh, we got a, you know, we're a little behind schedule, so a little amped up to get going here. <laughs> like, and Rhodes has already it made me like jump out of my seat, want to strangle him, as usual. So Rhodes, you're here, huh? Yes, I am. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> And uh, we're the Young Jerks. We're here every Saturday at 6 p.m. Sometimes it's 6.10 p.m. Right? Is that right, Herbie, today? Hey, man, I was ready to go. And, and it wasn't it wasn't uh, Ryan Spaulding's fault, was it? It was not Ryan Spaulding's They give us plenty of time. They're like, they treat us so well now. Remember he used to go to like 6-something and we get all mad? No, they make plenty. I mean, he's he's giving me... Booze? What, where's my booze? What, right what is there. this? What it is was it? actually 610 two minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Willet Bourbon, I believe. Yeah. So we're running a little late behind, uh, but we have a big show. We have a lot planned and we're working on it. So I'm happy to, we're happy to be back. We're gone for two weeks. Uh, so we got a lot going on. We got some big guests in the show. I, first thing I wanted to comment on is uh, what obviously happened this week and, uh, and you know, Dallas. Terrible. Hardly words. Yeah, it's tough to talk about. Um, but I, I think it's a good time to talk about it, you know, because both sides need to, you know, th- there is, I feel like uh, I have a huge sympathy for the five police officers and all the police officers that have been shot. And this situation was horrific. And, uh, but also, I think there's merit and value to the whole Black Lives Matter uh, movement. So I think uh, people need to see both sides of it, and you can feel both ways. Yeah, I'm a little anxious about the way that protests will be treated going forward, because it's clearly uh, important that we maintain our right to do that. But. Right? And, Absolutely. And, and it's one individual that, you know, the, the protests were peaceful. Yes. Exactly. They, they were, you know, a lot of them were upset. You could see visibly upset when the police officers went down. Police officers that they were protesting in some respects... And maybe not even in Dallas so much, because it seems like Dallas, actually, from what we're hearing, has a, a you know a better 
uh, more where we want to be on policing in, in terms of trying to de-escalate and they've done a lot of training on how to avoid yeah it's really hard when we have sort of national stories like this to to get a you know separate the right. uh the local the, from the national exactly uh it's not it's not the dallas police's fault absolutely Certainly. not no, i totally agree with you mike in that sense and the fact that um again that um, these people were peacefully protesting and ex exercising their freedom of speech, their First Amendment rights, and the cops were there actually to protect them. They weren't there. Again, they weren't even in riot gear. They were yeah. actually there to direct them, and Absolutely. it was coming to an end. So it's very disheartening that, you know, this was. And happen. they could be your friends. I mean, yeah. I, I've had oh, friends. I have who cop were, friends, too. Yeah, me, too. So, so I'm not, no, you know, I no. grew up with some of these guys, yeah. or I, I knew them through, uh, you know, working at a restaurant, you know, yeah. that type of you know, neighborhood beat uh, police officer, and a lot of these guys are good guys, so mm. it's... Uh, no, exactly. The majority of cops are good. It's yep. like, like a few bad uh, apples. And usually, if you look at our show, where we tend to go after is the top, the people, the, 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 the cops who are, in, in a sense, politicians. Uh, and as we've seen with, uh, you know, the marijuana legalization right now, uh, we could talk about a police chief. Uh, in Walpole, a story I'm writing, but I'd rather not right now. Maybe later in the show. Maybe you want to call in about that. 617-500-7100 is the phone number. Because we have a special guest in the studio, and we want to make sure that we get him in and get him his due. Uh, we have a Cambridge city councilor. Uh, he's a two-term city councilor now. A three-term. Four-term? Is I'm wrong? How many terms? Four. See, I'm way off. That's the first correction today. Four-term <laughs> Cambridge city councilor. Uh, he's running for state senate. He comes on our show like proactively, instantly, as soon as we invite him. He actually proactively reached out last time to come back on the show. Uh, where his, you know, the, the candidate, the, the incumbent that's running against him in the seat he's trying to get right now, which is the Mass State Senate seat, uh, had actually uh, signed on to come onto the show their campaign staff had. They gave us, we gave him a date, it was confirmed, and then they canceled. And so far they have not rescheduled. There's been no communication back from their campaign. And uh, I thought it was a good time to bring back the guy that would come in that's running for the office over and over again to answer our questions. And, and we're not always nice. The last time we weren't as nice, like there were calls coming in that weren't as nice to him. And he, he's ready to come back and he answers the questions. That's what I like about him. And his answers to the question, I find, do kind of uh, change my opinion, like on some of these subjects, like uh, we're going to talk about today, uh, uh, education, you know, one of his big priorities. Um, his name is he's it's Cambridge City Council Leland Chung. Let's just give him a round of applause for being here. Thank you, Leland. Thank you. And uh, so, like, do you have any comment on some of the stuff I'm saying about Jalen's campaign and why she won't come on the show? Why they haven't rescheduled? Well, I'm focused on our campaign. <laughs> uh, we've got a, a great team. Got amazing volunteers. Uh, we have we have more We have we have such we have so many. Our, our problem nowadays is we have so many people. How are we getting them all to? Our canvas locations, but it's been really heartening how much support has come out from the community uh, for the campaign. I wish I had that problem. <laughs> <laughs> and you got some uh, big endorsements just this last week. I saw a big headline about a union endorsement. What, got, what's been going we, on with that? We've got a bunch of uh, trades, uh, police, fire, uh, a bunch of a, you know, a great number of you know great groups who uh, represent people who live and work in and around the community. And have a vested interest and, and share, I think, everyone's interest in making sure that we have uh, a community that's focused on doing the best it can for our residents. 
I want to go back to that path, Jalen. Do you think there's any, uh, like, that she wouldn't want to come on because we're going to ask her about something? Is there any topic you think? You can't. You can be hard sometimes, <laughs> as you mentioned. No, I, 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 I can't come. I don't. I can't. I would only be speculating on. I mean, we're we're kind of like the last, last time when you call, we called her the OG. Like we were complimenting her, and I don't know. I'm just wondering. I can't figure it out. Well, I'm always here for you, and I, 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 over the uh, time I've been on the council and up the street in City Hall, always love to come down and chat with you and your listeners about what's going on in the city and the country and how we can try to move things forward. And even as a constituent, like uh, when I would email you or email all the city councilors, you're always the first to respond. That's what I find. That's what I like. You're, you're here to answer the questions even when we don't agree. Uh, so we're going to hit you with a lot of questions today, hopefully. I love it when it's actual people who call or email. You know, like I you have told you before, I post my own my personal cell phone publicly because I want people to yeah, remember they to, called your phone last yeah, time because yeah. our phones weren't working so he put the call up and the call was like attacking him <laughs> and it's on his cell phone I'm like you shouldn't have done that man <laughs> but it's better it's better than telemarketing so you know. yeah but you let it go it was pretty funny <laughs> that was a good call and that, I think that person was trying to get in the studio today I think he supports Pat Jalen I hope he calls in today <laughs> I hope he does. I want to hear what he, what's going on there. 617-500-7100. Beryl, what do you think so far? Do you have uh, any questions, do you think, for Leland? I know you're, you're at Muck Rock. I'm, you must have... I mean, Something. I could start with some public records questions, but I'm, I'm sort of interested to hear what, uh, what you're looking at in terms of the future of Cambridge and this area and sort of what you're planning to do with the, the new campaign. So... I think the future of Cambridge, the future of Somerville, Medford, Winchester, uh, Boston, our entire region, you know, when, when you know, we, we were founded, uh, what's great about living here is that there's so much history. Like you walked on the street, you can literally, literally feel it around you. And at the same time, we're inventing the future. You know, the innovation that's coming out of this area, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing place to live, not to mention uh, the community, the people, the, the activities, the access to the arts, everything. But when, you know, we started off, Harvard, you know, Cambridge started off in Harvard Square as, as a farmer's market. You know, Somerville was a trading post. And back then, you know, it seemed like things were simpler, right? So government was people coming together in town halls that they literally built with their own hands, talking about how they can contribute some of their own resources and, and decide as a community what's going to be best to build the future. And somehow along the way, things have gotten really complicated. You know, we have like super PACs and super Tuesdays and super delegates, and it's and democracy seems this to be increasingly this abstract thing that's further and further away from the people and closer and closer aligned to the interests of uh, the wealthy and the elite and the people with power and influence. And and we're seeing that. You know, I think that uh, with the exit of you know Britain, uh, with the rise of uh, some people in the Republican Party who are Trump. <laughs> it's, it, you know, you wonder how can these things happen? And I think they're happening because it's a reflection of this amazing inequality that we have. Absolutely. And uh, even uh, the campaigns of Gary Johnson now, Poland, like, you know, we had him on the old show. It's called, uh, what was that, uh, Two Hot Heads. That, our old show, we had Gary Johnson on. And he got like 1% last time. Now he's at 10 or 11%. Uh, Jill Stein's at 6 to 10, they're saying, like, Gary Johnson. Season breaking out Libertarian yeah. and Green Party. Thank yes, you, yes. What I think is important here is that there was an article that came out recently that said that the United States right now, we have the most income inequality in all of history that we have any kind of economic data for. And there's another article that said Boston, we're now, Massachusetts is now home to the city with the highest income inequality in the entire country. 
Oh, uh, so we have the most income inequality right here of all time. And that's crazy to think about. And when you when you consider that, that is that is impacting everything. That's impacting people's ability to live here. That's impacting our, our transit systems and our investment in infrastructure. And, and can we get to work or not? The red line was down today. We were dealing with that. You know, we're dealing with the need to invest in education. We're dealing with the fact that we're bringing in companies, but we're not giving the people who live here the kind of education that they need to be competitive to work at those companies. And that's just pushing people out. And the, these, these is all layering on top of each other, but it's stemming from the fact that we have this massive amount of inequality. And I, that's why I'm running for state senate. That's what I think is our biggest issue. That's what I want to work on is, and it's not that there's a single magic bullet that's going to fix everything. It's a million little things. What are some of those things that would fix it? So investments in education, you know, everything from universal pre-K, which has been shown to be the best uh, investment of our tax dollar to reduce the, the achievement gap and in income and in, uh, in the income gap, uh, you know, investing, making sure that we have uh, computer science, science, engineering, math uh, in our K through 12 system, reforming how we do higher education so that if you go to community college, you're not just coming out with a bunch of debt, you're coming out with skills that can get you into a job. So if you go to college, you're not coming out with, you know, you know, quarter million dollars or more in debt, even if you just go to state school, that's just absolutely crazy. We used to invest in kids to get them onto a better track in life and contribute to society. And now it's like we're mortgaging away their future and, and putting them into incredible debt. You know, education, our investments in, I can probably, I can go on because I think the list is, is, is affecting everything. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that we need to do. Uh, and what we can't do is just focus on the headline grabbing you know, the sexy kind of things that you know, the press wants to talk about. We need to, as politicians and legislators, focus on getting the million things done that need to get done for people here, even if, and especially if, you're not getting press about them. You think you can win this one? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, this is a big race. It's a big race. It's a challenge. Uh, it's close. But, you know, the amount of support that I've, we've gotten uh, from people that we're knocking the doors of, people come up and support us, has, has kept the entire team going and growing. When's the uh, vote on this, the primary? It's September 8th. September 8th. Two months from now, and it is a Thursday. Okay. So Why is it Thursday? I thought they were always Tuesday. It's like an incumbent it. protection policy. Really? No, I'm just kidding. But I, I don't know. <laughs> you think so? I mean, <laughs> hey, I, you know, speaking of incumbent protection policy, I'm going back to the pad. I'm going to keep talking about this. I, I'm like a dog with a bone. Like, why she hasn't come on the show? Uh, some people, I have Stephen Mandilli over here. He's a veteran uh, that fights for medical marijuana patients. Some people seem to think that it has something to do with this whole legalization campaign and, and the folks like Jason Lewis and the governor of Massachusetts and this whole team that's opposing legalization and that some of the people that were on our side, like Pat Jalen, aren't as vocal, weren't coming around. They are not. Do you, do you, do you think, Leland, because you said this to me and, I, and it's rung true to me, you said it's not my priority, the marijuana legalization, but... I'd be the most vocal, the most supportive of it. And that's what I'm finding. That That's one of the reasons I'm wanting to support you more than the other candidate, the incumbent, is because on the marijuana legalization, you're here, you're talking about it like you did uh, last time you came here in medical marijuana. You're the, you're the most supportive. Do you think I'm crazy on that to bring that up? No, absolutely. And, and you can keep, and you by, the, by the way, keep saying, say Leland Chung more than you say my opponent's name. <laughs> but Leland Chung. So I started. Yeah, I will say, Master Chung. Say that again, Leland Chung. <laughs> so I went. You know, I think it's our generation, and, and it's a realization that the war on drugs and especially marijuana came out of uh, an attempt to. Uh, it, it, it came out of an attempt to to try to control what people are doing, and not for any good reason, but just to try, it was like the, the you know the industrial complex that was. You know, had more of an interest in, in funding uh, these massive efforts that were gonna they were gonna fuel what they were doing, not as opposed to how you're how you're treating people and, and respecting people's freedoms and 
uh, respecting people that need they need help. But I, I went to college in California when they legalized uh, rec- uh, medicinal marijuana, which was the equivalent of uh, it was not the same way that we are we are doing it here in terms of being very very focused on uh, on patients and um, people that that desperately actually need the drug uh, to to have a reasonable quality of life. But you know there it was it was pretty much everybody, and they didn't fall into the ocean. They didn't collapse. They they're doing very well. It's not, it didn't ruin their society. I believe their economy is actually number <laughs> six in the world, yeah. and compared to the United States, I think they have one quarter of our economy is what a one sixth of the U.S. economy. If California fell off the face of the earth, we wouldn't be able to feed the rest of the United States, basically. Yeah. So let's stop using. Uh, I think when I say that it's uh, it wouldn't be my my top priority because I I think it's just kind of obvious. Uh, I want to focus on the income inequality and the this, the systemic change that we need to see here, but. Um, we need to stop investing in this fight, this failed war on drugs. A lot of those being marijuana is, uh, is putting people in prison, is uh, putting in place systemically this this uh, segregation of our of our communities is uh, is in all respects completely failed. And for uh, the the benefits of it, I don't I don't know what they are, but you know. So I think we need to focus on uh, the things that are going to try and uplift our community, not just trying to uh, put people in jail. Stephen, you have any uh, question or follow comment on it? Um, I, I love exactly what you're saying, especially about um, community. And then when you get on the, the medical marijuana, um, if you look up on like CDC or the National Institute on Health, there are no drugs that are um, on a list that are being looked at for their health benefits besides cannabis. There's no one looking for heroin for uh, medicinal uses. There's no one looking at uh, crack for medicinal uses or opiates or anything like that. But there are medicinal uses for cannabis, and to just say that you shouldn't do that because of anecdotal evidence is just is just wrong. And I, I love that you're you're with that too. You follow science and and reason and compassion. Absolutely, and I can testify to it. Yeah, I've been to uh, <laughs> they had ordinance meetings about marijuana smoking uh, after decrim. He was there helping us uh, before I even knew him, and uh, always answering the call on the medical marijuana in Cambridge. So uh, definitely, Leland Chung. Hey, I'm I'm re- almost ready to endorse at this point. Me too. So the last time I came on, we had a we had a petition. I think I endorsed you last time. I think you, actually you did. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's go with that. Uh, but so there was so we the person that was was in front of the ordinance committee that I chair uh, last time we we passed it, adopted it. So now they're just going through like the building and like making sure that the space is ADA and that kind of stuff with the planning board. So yeah, you um, signed that petition. Rolling. Then you signed the petition for legal too here, yeah. which was great. So. And we may have we have some more interest in uh, medicinal marijuana dispensaries opening up in the city, which where uh, they just came in and we're trying to get them through as quickly as possible. I got a FOIA question. Uh, Beryl does this uh, with Muckrock, and you know basically has a website where anyone can file a FOIA request um, against certain uh, officials and agencies in Massachusetts. You can explain it much better than I can. Probably familiar with FOIA. What about expanding it to the governor and to some of the offices that are exempt? Would you support something like that? Like, like the legislature? Yes. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the, my opponent hasn't, support, hasn't supported that. She supported uh, keeping uh, donations that come in. Uh, you don't have to report it until two weeks before the election. It's absolutely Yeah, crazy. what's up with that? Because that's so, coming up with illegal, too. Like, yeah. we don't know how much money is being raised on the other side. It's... If anyone wants to donate, by the way, donate.lelandshine.com. Um, but we we actually, so we, we publish all our stuff. So I, when I was on the city council, it was automatic. You had to file within like something like three days. You had to post it publicly. The, all of a sudden, I, we, when I announced for a state senate, 
there's no requirements. We're, <laughs> we've been self, we've been on our own, uh, well, because it's the right thing to do, publishing who's donated to the campaign, but she hasn't answered that call either. But there's a whole suite of things that they, the legislature has exempted themselves from on, op, op, on, on uh, open records. Another one I would, I would point out is I wanted to go even beyond that. So it's not just that you can ask for the information and we give it to you. It's that how is government uh, proactively putting out the information that is rightfully owned by us, the people. So I started the open data initiative here in the city, got some of my colleagues involved. Um, Council Mazin was, yeah. was a huge help uh, in pushing that through and, and bringing in even more voices, worked with Code for Boston, you know, a ton of people. But So we put in place an open data ordinance. So it's in our laws that we now ha- we are pushing stuff out and we've gotten, it's not just that it's in the law, the hard work was what no one saw, which is going to all the departments, getting them on board, teaching them what it means, teaching them how to do it, making it easy, so that now it's, it's, it's more and more over time becoming systemic throughout our entire city administration that you know, data, owns the, data belongs to the people. We're not, we, can't obviously, but we, not, we can't publish people's social security numbers and, and whatnot, but you know, traffic stats, you know, bike stats, you name it, uh, where, we're putting, where we're investing our, our dollars, everything should be uh, available to Publicly people. Publicly available. Yeah. I love that. That's the, and I see that in Cambridge. You guys are leading. The city of Cambridge leads in so many places, and that's another example state government behind uh this is what we need i guess in uh the state senate I, i'm i'm starting to believe it even though i'm endorsing for a second time is that what i'm doing yeah you can double endorse <laughs> you can just double down so it's also so it's not just so to go beyond that so what so we we introduced open data now i'm working on uh the internet of things so, so putting oh, sensors yeah. to so we know where traffic is flowing you know just how the city is working what where are there gas leaks um Putting that information out to the, out to people in real time, uh, but beyond that, I introduced participatory budgeting to Cambridge, which is the idea that we give people the direct ability to propose ideas on how we should spend their capital ta- their capital dollars for or their tax dollars for capital like improvement this. projects. Um, and anyone over the age of twelve can can submit an idea, can vote regardless of citizenship status. So it's everyone in the community, and it's been amazing. Uh, the involvement, engagement. I've seen we have, that. we have That's m- great. more people show up to that, that first meeting on participatory budgeting than Any- pretty much every finance committee meeting we've had going yeah. back to the beginning. And of the it's city council. such a small amount of money that you guys. I mean, it, it's a good amount still. I mean, I look at it. I'm very excited because I saw the projects. There was a whole list of projects. People put them up and they get to vote on them. And can we? Do you know some of the winners? Because I'm not. I, like I read that. So story right now a we're. While ago. So if you go to P. Uh, what is it? Came. Came. It's either pb.cambridge.org. Of, so Google Participatory Budget in Cambridge is a website. The ideas are being solicited right now. So people, you can submit an idea uh, for, for, for these dollars. Uh, we started off at $500,000, half a million dollars. We're on track to be at a million dollars, um, I think, next year or the year after. Hmm. Uh, so we're growing it. And, and we're growing it because it started off as, a, as we were one of the first yeah. uh, to do it in this way as, as, as expansively and, and um, with, with, wide, with you know, everyone from the community being able to get involved. And it's been so successful. Even the administration has has really come to adopt uh, and embrace this. That we're we're they're, they want they're pushing it now to grow it. That's great. Six one seven five hundred seventy one hundred is the phone number. We're the Young Jerks WEMF Radio. Got a lot of people in here. I'm uh, Mike Crawford, and I'm sitting with uh, Beryl Lipton. Hey, can I, I jump in? Yeah. And- so how it, Cambridge is a very different sort of an animal than a lot of the other towns in Massachusetts. 
And um, recently, Massachusetts just passed a reformed public records bill. And a lot of the pushback on that bill came from municipalities um, in other areas who don't have the staffing necessarily, or just generally like the like technological know-how to, I don't know, export spreadsheets or access emails. And so how, do, how can we sort of transport what Cambridge is doing to the rest of the state? How can, how can we lift that town. up? Yeah, yeah. definitely. So, that's, I mean, that's exactly why, that's one of the reasons I'm running for state senate is to try and push forward these forward-looking, these kinds of ideas to make our state better. Um, but I think the way that we'll, we'll push it forward is to understand that we're not just talking about legislative act action, we're talking about um, cult culture change within uh, administration. So we want to be able to push out data. With the, I think the, some of the challenges that, that the pushback stemmed from was that if somebody comes in with a request for open records, they have to, they, they, it's, we're not set up to just pull it from the database and send it over. You have to have then somebody go in and say, okay, we can't, we can't, we can't with the cross out the social security numbers, right? And a lot of times these things are like PDFs, uh, you know, there's old antiquated systems that was never set up with the ability to just push stuff out. So it's not just about uh, putting in, into legislation that, that people have access to it. If we want to make, because we also need to reduce the cost of it, right? So that we're not going back and charging people who are asking, asking for data for money to, to get that data. And that will come uh, from being proactive about putting in place, making sure that our cities and towns have systems in place so that when, when, we're, when we're collecting data, we're, when we're doing emails, that, that, uh, that we're segregating private information that, that can't be shared from the information that can be shared. And you know, companies like Facebook and like Google do this all the time. It, the, the systems are out there. Uh, cities and towns tend to, tend to lag technologically. But that's also why it is so important, I think, to have legislation who understands technology and the change that's coming. So, you know, I, I used to work, I uh, was a part of a startup after college, uh, then invested in other startup companies. So, I, you know, my whole job before politics was thinking about the future. You know, and, and now I can't, now as a parent, I can't help but think about the future in terms of like, you know, how are we going to save for college and, you know, make sure that she has a world that has an environment that she can grow up in and we haven't been ruined by climate change and all those things. But, you know, legislatively, if you don't understand technology and the change that's coming, there's no way that you can regulate it to make sure that it's benefiting all of our residents. How do we uh, regulate this technology? Because, I mean, we see the issues that Uber and the taxi drivers that came up, and there's so many new industries now based on the Internet, and it's just going to expand, and, and robots and drones and all this. Exactly. And people have fear about it. It's changing the and, nature of work. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it used to be that when you got a job, you also had health care, you had benefits, you had sick time, you had all these other things, and now as an independent contractor, you have none of those. Right. And, and we're pushing it off. If, uh, you know, the if people haven't seen there's I don't know if anybody watches College Humor, but they have, there's this they have a, a series called Bad Internet. And one of them was about uh, it's Uber, but for people, you know, and it, it was joking about this. What the end state of is, is, is of, you know, just commoditizing people. And uh, to go on a, to go on a, a, a quick tangent. We not only have to regulate how we're thinking, you know, it would have been easier to Uber, it would have been easier to, to put in, in place some safeguards for things like Uber before it became so widespread and uh, before they had all this money to hire this army of lobbyists to go down and to send on Beacon Hill. Uh, but, you know, there's other things coming down the pike like Airbnb. You know, we're seeing increasingly it's not just people renting. But it's out. also the customers, too. I, I yeah. think that's the other part of it, too. It's not just. You know, PR go only goes so far. Yeah, it's all the customers who are voters too that that like that service. But government has government. I think we want to we want to encourage innovation. We want to have people to have options. But we need but government's job is to ensure public safety, right? And so we need to. But 
we, that would have been a lot easier if we if we were proactively thinking about these sure. things. But you know, replacing uh, with placing uh, people, you know, McDonald's with robots. There was that article about you know people there. Uh, you know, Tesla had a, a car accident. You know, thinking about how we're how we're integrating autonomous vehicles uh, onto the streets here. So it, it, and that has the possibility of either completely turning all our streets into a gridlock or helping. You know, can either hurt or help depending on the kinds of proactive regulation that we put in place before the problems kind of arise to the point that they're, they're getting attention. So there's all these things happening. But I think more fundamentally, if I can, if I can go on for a minute, is that there's this, I think it's a, it's a societal sickness of we've taken capitalism to too far of an extreme where we're now seeing where it used to be, you know, back in the day of, of Ford brought on employees and made sure that he was paying them enough that they could buy one of the cars and he saw them as part of the team and as valued you know, members of the family that, of the company that was building, now we see employees as commodities. We see them as the same as like this table or a widget uh, that, that you know, they're only, they have a, they're not part of, we've seen, we see people as objects. Yeah, and I think, I think that is the fundamental There's problem. There's a lot of, unfortunately, disincentive not to work. Yeah. I've always worked and it's like, I always wonder if I'm getting penalized for working. Like <laughs> I'm making less money than, and I hate to be that guy because you know, but let me ask you a question. Fifteen dollar uh, minimum wage. Do you support that? That's the minimum. I I, I want actually. You so want I think more? You want more? We need to we need to think. So a fifteen dollar minimum wage in Cambridge is not the same as a fifteen dollar minimum wage in Springfield. I love that. You know, yeah. and so how are you thinking about? You know, it's not. We need to. It has to be in, somehow based on the locality Regional, which, and the cost yeah. of living. Yeah. Right. And, and fifteen dollars is not a living wage Should in Cambridge. Should city and towns be allowed to do that through the state? Would you support that yeah. at the state house? Yeah. You would. Because uh, we need to give, we need to at least provide a framework for cities and towns to opt in. You know, Cambridge we people that we there's been uh, a lot of my colleagues been. You been, guys been, wanted to do it. The, the Nadim was pushing for it, and and the solicitor, or the lawyer for the city, said that's not legal with the state. The state decides the minimum wage. But you guys wanted to do it, and a lot of push in Cambridge to raise that minimum wage, which makes sense in Cambridge since it's a boom in Cambridge. And some business owners had, I think, some uh, some critiques, and but I wouldn't say it was it was all just pushing back against it. Was yeah. well, there's there, there you know yep. there's a million there's different still a concern. Right? I understand for like retail guys that are yeah, it's the cost of living for them too is rising in Cambridge. It's tough for the retail store. But if too. we're gonna wait for the fifteen dollar the minimum wage to be right for Springfield and for $15 or for you name it, you know, then Cambridge is going to be even further behind. Right. And $15 is not a living wage right. in Cambridge. Yeah, people have to live in, you know, Everett and drive to Cambridge to work. It's or further away. I mean, that's the, it's, it's just getting well, ridiculous, I think, the cost of living I, uh, I for agree. so many people. We got a phone call. Let's take the phone call and see who's up. Hi, you're calling the Young Jerks. What's your name? This is Kevin Mulvey. Kevin, uh, have you ever called before? Oh, yeah. I was on the show uh, two years ago with Mike and Frank. Mike and Frank? I'm trying to remember. I, I did a whole, they did oh, a whole show with me. Oh, I know Kevin. Okay. What's up, Kevin? What's going on? Uh, well, I, I thought I'd give Mike a call. I'm Mike. The I'm Mike. You're talking while to Mike. Is on because a lot of it has to do, some of this has to do very much with his opponent. And uh, obviously, he'd make a much better... A much better state senator for your area there. Oh, so you're a supporter? Yeah, I am. And what, um, we're not going to say the opponent's name, right? <laughs> do you want me to mention it or don't? No, no, no. Why, just say why you don't like her. Maybe some people... Well, the reason I don't like her is yeah. she's on the Judiciary Committee uh, for the Senate. And um, my state senator here is now retiring, uh, ben, ben Downing, uh, Virtually told us that they br he brought it to the Judiciary Committee, 
and they uh, brought this whole situation with this assassination oh, of Krista Worthington and our attack. And uh, what we were looking for is uh, from him was demand for a uh, for an investigation into this. That's their job is to be the oversight of the judiciary, judges, courts, and all of this criminal activity. And what do they say? They, what they didn't she want say? to do an investigation. She's on this board. They turned around along with Cynthia Cream and said, oh, no, we refuse to look into ourselves. So that's not what kind of senators you want there. You need somebody that's responsible. This guy sounds responsible. Yeah, he does. Thank you for calling. You got a comment, Leland? Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> He's fired Thank up. You so much. Yeah. <laughs> he makes me sound like I'm just mellow. <laughs> Thank you for calling in, Mr. Mulvey. Sure, thanks. Good talking to you. you it's, 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 impor it's important that we ask questions, that we be unafraid to ask tough questions, especially of ourselves. <clears throat> and, you know, to recognize that the fact that you're asking doesn't mean that, there, that something is wrong. Yeah. Some case, a lot of cases there is. But he, you know, but, he, you know and, he, and this guy, too, I got a comment. He came on the show recently. It may sound like a lot of conspiracy theory, but uh, I found a lot of his info good. He was talking about his, his relative, his, his uh, nephew, uh, that was involved in a in a uh, uh, murder. <laughs> That's a noteworthy murder, and uh, it does seem like there was a frame up job in a weird way. I mean, the the whole situation, and he just wanted them to look into it, and they wouldn't. So uh, I I think it's a a good comment. I mean, I feel like if I brought something to Leland, he'd look into it at least. Or we'll try. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd like to say, like, uh, just uh, just to harp on that point about the judiciary actually um, um, overseeing itself. It's like when you know you say see something, say something, but it's funny when you're talking about the government, they don't want to see something. Yeah. <laughs> and when they put the one black guy in jail in Cape Cod, yeah, you might kind of want to question that. Yeah. Especially when it's a high-profile murder with uh, you know maybe a lot of political corruption around it. Yeah. Needless Just to say, say yes. <laughs> you know, I I think that people make mistakes, right? Yeah. And um, you know, you have to remember that government is not perfect. It's it's democracy and it's it's meant to be messy and it's made up of people and, it, and we bring into it all of our faults and um you know shortcomings as people but we're not only going to get better if we're willing to have that honest conversation and say you know what it's not that you know if there uh, there's not it's not always that those things are intentionally um done maliciously or that there's a conspiracy a lot of times there's just people who are going about their job and and just doing the same thing that all of us do and messing up stuff more often than we're getting it right but the only way we're going to get better is if we accept that and we try to get things right more often and not repeat the same mistakes. And so I think uh, we need to be, the key to that is being willing to ask those questions and dig into things and uh, have, have honesty be able to come out and, and, and make sure that we're always improving. We're never going to be perfect, but we need to always be improving. I'm surprised no... Uh None of the incumbent supporters have called in today. <laughs> Give me crap. You can call. Come on. It's okay to come all call in and give me a bunch of crap for being biased or whatever you want. It's okay. Maybe they've forgotten the number. You can do that. 617-500-7100. I want to jump in here and ask a question about infrastructure um, and, and sort of this relationship of government being uh, run by people. One, I don't know how many friends you're going to make in the Senate with your uh, open legislature, uh, public records comment. Right, right. Um, I don't think Jason Lewis will like that <laughs> for some reason. Um, but I or the governor. 
And this might be, you know, this might be make-believe, but I had heard that uh, the Massachusetts government had considered um, installing internet in every town and allowing for public access to internet. Oh, my God. I love this. And that they couldn't figure out how to get something like zoning. They couldn't agree in a, in a sort of a practical way. And so this idea fizzled out. And sort of where do you stand on... Uh, Free internet for everyone. Well, public internet. <laughs> public too, right? internet. Yeah. Woohoo! So it, it didn't it didn't fizzle. It hit <clears throat> it hit some uh, some potholes and some turbulence and some. Oh, can uh, you clarify? <laughs> because I'm. Yeah. So so it is it is. Uh, I think there was a lot that went on in terms of the the state um, is providing the fiber backbone to connect a lot of these communities. But then once you bring the fiber in, you need to have you need to partner with the local uh, cities and towns to actually bring it to your house. Uh, and then, you know, how is that structured? So, you know, some cities and towns were coming together and forming coalitions, uh, which then had uh, some managerial issues. And then some we were bringing in uh, outside vendors, most of which uh, were doing well, but not all of them did. Uh, so there's been, a, I think, a significant amount of learning uh, that's gone on. But that, that last mile of we built the fiber and then getting it out through, you know, realizing that. So, like, you know, you have literally like you'll have a town on on one side of the street and on a different town on the other side of the street and if you're running fiber down you want to make sure you can get both sides and that means you need coordination it's like this it's like this death by a thousand cuts uh like a million different <laughs> little things you would never even dream of that just came up uh but all that being said uh we have some really strong leadership uh that's been that's been brought in uh and things are things are progressing things are moving forward uh, there's been a, a, a commitment from, so I'm, I'm, on, the, I'm on the board of, uh, it's called the Massachusetts Technology Collaborative. I was appointed there by uh, Governor Deval Patrick something like five, four or five years ago. Uh, and and the, uh, that the internet initiative uh, falls under that. Uh, so it, 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 you know, so yes, it, it hit some, some stuff, but it is, it is progressing. I think eventually, you know, the internet is, is a utility. You know, other countries are investing in their high-speed infrastructure and making sure that all of their people are connected, and that is that is driving a massive amount of, uh, you know, uh, economic development and and people being able to uh, get access to different kinds of jobs. And it's crazy that here we're limited to like Comcast, seriously, mm. uh, and mm. which works like half the time. Right. Mm. Um, <laughs> oh, I mean, uh, I, yeah, I gotta mm. tell you, I, I moved to Marblehead and I'm on Verizon now. Oh. And it's way better. And it's just probably because it's Marblehead, too. You know, I've, the congestion I've, in Cambridge. But I just had so many problems with the internet and the I've, cable from, from so that so Comcast. I, I, so, so, I think, I, so I think we need, we need publicly, uh, public, it's a, it is a public good. We need to have publicly controlled, publicly provided. Uh, uh, competition, too. High speed. Yeah. The public is a competition to the private, right? I mean, yeah. let's end monopoly. And so uh, my, I would love to see it. Where, so we started off in, the, in western Massachusetts in the Cape where they literally had no internet providers. They, you know, they had dial-up as of right. two years ago. It was crazy. Ugh. Eventually, I think the goal is to stitch that together and cover the entire state. And that's, what I would like to, that's, what I, that's one of the things I would like to love to push forward in the state center as well. Like awesome question, Beryl. Well, I'd like to hit you with another infrastructure question because you were talking about very early on about how Cambridge a long time ago built, et cetera, um, our roads and sort of what's holding us up. And, and now, you know, you're, you're on, I don't know, you're trying to get anywhere on a Tuesday afternoon at three and everything is still blocked up. Yeah, right. Um, all the and time. we're bringing in, you know, new business all the time. And I think these are one of the issues we had talked recently about uh, the Olympics bid and got a lot of people riled up in part because they were like, my traffic, <laughs> my commute is already terrible. I don't want this other thing. <clears throat> and so sort of, I don't know, how, how do you think people can help 
when they're pro public internet, when they're pro like a working uh, highway, <laughs> how how can we use our open data? How can we actually engage with these problems? Well, I think you need to elect legislators uh, to the state senate who make that a priority and want to want to understand that. Are you one of those? Like, <laughs> 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 I think a lot of, a lot of people say that. Um, <laughs> so there, there was an NPR series a little a, like a month or two ago about um, road investment in in Massachusetts and how it's made problems worse. Uh, so I won't, I won't repeat all that because it was, it was a fascinating series and it, it, would, it took them seven days, so it would probably take more you a lot of time. But you know, <laughs> people should listen to that uh, to understand the history of, of how traffic came to be as bad as it is. But it's also the fact that we have not invested in, in our, our public transit systems. You know, we had the first, think about this, we had the first subway. What happened? I don't know. You know, seriously. <laughs> and we, it, you, and we, used to, we used to be able to do these things, and now all of a sudden it seems, it seems like we can't do anything anymore. Yeah. It take, it's taken 25 years to go seven miles to extend the green line. Yeah. You know, we should have done it 25 years ago. We should have done it 15 years ago. We should have do done think, it when we should do have done the recession. We, we have to invest in that, do that extension? So we, ha- we, so we should, but there's like, these are caveats. Hmm. We need to make sure we're not making the same mistakes that got us to this point. So they have the same, we need to reform the bidding process. It's a failed bidding process. It's not competitive. It, it, it's, it's only serving to line the pockets of these big international contractors. Uh, we need to have open checkbook. I have a policy uh, paper coming out in a couple of weeks where, where we have open checkbook in the state, so we publicly post everything that we're spending. But all of a sudden, we write you a $100 million check, and we don't know how you're spending right. it. Right. You know, in Cambridge, when we're doing a big project, we know we have people who... We know how, okay, you're spending this much on wood and you're marking up this much. All right, that's in line with the market. All of a sudden, but on the state level, if we're spending a billion dollars, we don't need to know where, how that money yeah, is being exactly. spent. We don't know how much, if they're marking up 10% or 100% right. or 1,000%. That's crazy. We might have, we have a listener here that called in. Let's well, take well, a call. Well, last thing. Okay, okay. Well, let's see who's right, on the line. Right. What's going on here? Who's on the line? Hey, it's Nicole. Hey, what's up, Nicole? Hi, Nicole. Hi. Hey, it's, it's Nicole Snow from the Massachusetts Patient Advocacy Alliance. Um, I'm calling in because you guys have um, a great show today, as always, and I wanted to congratulate Leland on gaining all of his support um, from the labor unions and all of his endorsements. That's great news, and I'm glad that he's getting his voice out there uh, for the people that he hopes to represent would you in the vo- Senate. Would you vote for him? Thank you. Would I vote for him? I wouldn't have the opportunity to because I live in Salem. But well, I'm saying if you did live in Cambridge or Somerville or was the other one? Arlington? Or <laughs> Medford, Medford and Winchester. Med- yeah. If you lived in one of those, would I you? I think I would vote for him <laughs> if, if, I, if I lived there. But also, um, I'm you know. I'm betting on it. Please tell your friends. I, I, I'm really, uh, you know, a champion for uh, the people's uh, politicians. So, you know, uh, as you know, I'm an independent voter, and um, I prefer those folks that want to get out there and talk directly to the people and their constituents and get the real message. Thank you. And you're also, uh, we should say, the, you've been a guest on the show, a friend of the show, executive director of Mass Patient Advocacy Alliance. You do the medical marijuana in Massachusetts, uh, speaking for the patients, right? Yes, we do um, implement the medical marijuana program for the patients of Massachusetts, and uh, we've been doing a lot of work in Cambridge with the patients and um, the the board there. At, Do you have a question uh, for Cambridge Leland City related to, to patients right now? Do you have a question or anything you want to comment on that? 
No, I just wanted to uh, congratulate Leland on all of support, and I wish him the best of luck and uh, continue supporting the patients of Cambridge because we love it and, you know, we're looking forward to a bright future, um, I think, in Cambridge, Massachusetts for the medical patients. All right. Thank you, thank, all right. thank you guys. Hey, thank you thank so you. much. For call- I'll, I'll just say thank one you. other thing. You know, so we're yep. we're at we're supposed we're you know the report just came out like four point two percent unemployment. Our economy in Massachusetts is booming, and yet we have a budget shortfall. Like, what is going on? Right. And then when we have the budget shortfall, what gets cut? It's services for patients. It's services for children. It's it's you know funding for the people who are providing those services on the front lines. You know, we're and we we're cutting start we're cutting benefit we're cutting you know critical services to the people who are most in need of it. And supposedly yep. we are we are in better fiscal shape. Then we have been in a long time. Why is there still a budget shortfall? Are we not planning right? Or is it just being, is it so now it's being, it's used being an excuse, as an excuse to cut things that would otherwise be popular? Yeah. You know, there's money being misspent and, you know, we see it all over the place. And, you know, the, there's, I, I think people look at medical marijuana and they see money too, but, you know, this is a nonprofit humanitarian uh, act, and we're trying to implement it for patients that are need, are need, sick and vulnerable, and don't have a lot of income. And you know, even in that space, you know, we can see money um, being mis, you know, placed. And you know, we want to see it get to the right places uh, so that the the act actually does what it intended to do, which was to serve patients in desperate need of this medicine. And thank you, Leland Chung, for all of your hard work. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nicole. Take take care. 617-500-7100 is the phone number. That's City Councilor Leland Chung running for Mass State Rep. You can vote for him in Medford, Winchester, Somerville, Somerville, and, of course, Cambridge. Cambridge. And And you can learn more at LelandChung.com. Uh, L-E-L-A-N-D-C-H-E-U-N-G. September 8th, yep. Thursday, you can Thursday. vote for him. Yep. And uh, do you need to get, if you're not registered, there's a deadline, I'm sure, coming up, right? Do you know about that? Uh, it's usually like three weeks before the election. I don't remember the date off the top of my head. But you got to get registered yeah. now if you're not registered. If you're not, you should. Yeah. Absolutely. Get a reason to vote. register and vote, people. That's, no that's, matter where you are. Yeah, yeah. please. I'm begging you. I'm actually uh, kicking myself now because I, I changed my registration. I moved. I'm Rumblehead. I should have just voted in both places. I should have broken the law. And I don't know if I don't think you're in my district, actually, though. So vote early part of different part of Cambridge. So. Can, right? But there's someone else I wanted to vote for, too. <laughs> I, I'm like a voting junkie, especially now because there's like elections that I, like we can actually maybe win for once. 617-500-7100. I'd like to make a plea for people who don't want to vote because of the federal election. Vote in your local elections. They're right. yes. important. Absolutely. I think the one thing that we can take away from the national election that's going on right now is that it's it's complete insanity, right? And yeah. no matter no matter who wins, there's still going to be gridlock down in DC. Yeah. And we need to we need to do here what we, what's not happening in DC. We need to make sure that we're looking to the future, that we're looking to serve our residents, that we're making lives better for people who live here. And we can't wait for D.C. to, to come down with solutions. Massachusetts needs to be the leader. As, as we've been in the past yep. and will be in the future. Forever I. <laughs> <laughs> Prophetic words. <laughs> I'm like, what do we, where do we go? Uh, we'll just say the phone number again, Road 617. 617- Five hundred seventy-one hundred. You got it. Yeah. Oh wow, I'm proud of you. you you've that. been saying it for so long. It's you been finally drilled in your freaking yeah. head. Yes. Good. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Well, we got to take a break. We're way over. We're going to go to our speed round, but we're done. I mean, we've, we've kept Leland for over an hour in here. That was just about time, time 50 flies minutes. I'm with you. Yeah. You know, and so one big segment, 50 minutes. I love it. Yeah. Well, I would just, uh, you know, it's always, a, it's always fun to come on and hang out with you and, and talk about what's going on in our community and the city and uh, the state and the country. And uh, so I, I will just make, uh, echo that plea. You know, you, we need people to get involved. You know, is if, you, if you're feeling disenfranchised, if you're feeling like everything's messed up, if you're feeling like it doesn't matter, you're exactly the kind of person that we need voting. Yeah, we the people. That's what and it I is. also make the, uh, the plea, too, for the institutional people. People have been there around a while embrace the new embrace the the new kids and the new people because we need uh, and you know new uh, blood uh, exactly uh, embrace the opposition in some respects because we need more conversation you know my my uh my my father took us back to visit relatives in china growing up every few years as a kid because he wanted to make sure that i grew up appreciating the fact that he moved here to make a better life for us and that he didn't just give me opportunity he gave me responsibility right because you know my cousins in china they can't run for election they can't run for office against an incumbent you know, people there don't have choice on the ballot. You know, you can't write an op-ed criticizing your electives without risking reprisal. And you can't have a government for the people by the people if people decide they don't want to show up. So we need people to show up. Uh, and please show up September 8th, Thursday, uh, and vote for Leland Chung. If you live in Cambridge, Harbor, Metro, Winchester. And Democrat. Website. The at, Democrat primary. Very strong Democrat. Democratic primary. Leland, uh, L-E-L-A-N-D-C-H-E-U-N-G. Com. We can just re- keep repeating that if you want to. Throw yeah, <laughs> and we'd like to have you on again and again. Can we have you on every month till the election? Yeah, I yeah. love it. Yeah, done. Good. Leland, how easy was it to book me tonight? <laughs> I said, Leland, will you come in? This is why I want you in again. And you're like, yes. <laughs> Something like that. It was one word answer. I was like, I'm in. You know? I like it because most of the time it's like, yeah, we'll do it, and then, but you got to talk to this person, and it, it's just, ah, uh, man. I, I don't have a full-time job for a, for this weekend gig. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like six one seven five hundred seventy one hundred. Again, we're way over time, but uh, we have some other guests. One thing I want to uh, real quickly, Lynn, we have um, another candidate running for office, maybe for the first time. Um, he decided to run because of Bernie Sanders, I believe, and he's not on the ballot. And now he's looking at maybe two thousand eighteen because of that, and not running this time. Do you have any advice for him, real quick, uh, as a first time? candidate or anyone that's considering running for the first time yeah do it um and then you know feel free to email me call me and i'm happy to sit down and i love to talk to people about who are thinking about running and it's not just uh it's not only just about running it's about being involved democracy isn't about the people on the ballot it's about the people so if you're supporting a candidate if you're donating if you're volunteering your time if you're just voting like that you didn't you need to you need to be proactive and get involved Thank you. Leland Sean, let's give him a round of applause. Leland Chung. C H E U N G dot com. September eighth. You can vote for him. Awesome. Thank you. We'll get the young jerks. We're gonna take a break and come back with uh, some other folks. Number one, we're gonna come back with Warren Lynch, who is running uh, for Congress, I think now in two thousand eighteen. It was two thousand sixteen a week ago, I believe. He, he had an election for like a week. <laughs> he ran, you know, and basically suspended the campaign because of a bunch of BS. But we're going to find out about it. We're going to bring him up in a second. Uh, we're the Young Jerks. My name is Mike Crawford. She is... Farrell Lipton. She's the co-host today. And we also have Rhodes, the big mouth over there. Rhodes Pierre. <laughs> and uh, we have Stephen Mandilli here. He's going to stick around as well. Again, we want to thank Leland Chung. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. And uh, we'll be right back. And uh, Herb, what do you got for music? Uh, of Mazda Cement. Uh, what is it? 
Of monsters and men. Of monsters and men. Yeah. You're mumbling, man. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're just chilling, man. You, have, have the phone calls been driving you crazy? Because we missed some. We, we had some. Com- Is that all right back there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, right. I'm trying to keep up with you guys, you know? Yeah, you, you, you're always like, you're like, I wonder about you back there. At least there. your phones are working today. Yeah, they are working. <laughs> they are. We missed some of them, though. We could have taken some more. Right, Herbie? You know it. But you don't get mad back there. I, I do not get mad. Nah, you're the chick. You, Herb's you, you, a mellow dude. He's, yeah. His name is Herb. I know. <laughs> he doesn't even get mad when I give him crap, really. He laughs. Do you laugh? You don't get upset when I get, give you a high time? I, you know what, dude? I keep it I keep it to myself, and I just, like, you know, cry in the shower by myself. Well, you know what, though? Like, I need... <laughs> See, I need a guy that doesn't do that. I need a guy that, that whines on the show and cries that I can pick on, like Minahane on WEI. That's what we got roads for. <laughs> that was good. Oh, we'll be right back. I'm Patrick Heinz, a corrections officer for over 20 years. I now represent Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, a group of criminal justice professionals working to legalize and regulate marijuana. Smart marijuana regulation improves public safety by defunding criminals. Canicare Docs, compassionate, compliant, confidential. Oh, God, wait. We're back with the young jerks. Herbie. (laughs) Herbie, how many times have you done that doing the false start to me? Maybe three times. You swore this time because you knew you were done, didn't you? I'm sorry. Six one seven five hundred seventy one hundred. It's okay, Herbie. It's like me screwing up names. It's just gonna happen. We love you. Herbie. Never again, Mike. Never again. Yeah, right. I, I like. I'll never screw up another name. Beryl Lipton, my co guest co host. I think I screw up your name like three A times. Couple times. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's <laughs> Even okay. after I told you last time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not intentional, but it's unintentional funny. That's what it is. He you does it to me too. At least it's funny. Yeah, and and I even got J. Patrick Brown. I was looking at him like, Alan Brown said, yeah, I got J. Patrick Brown. I couldn't remember Brown. I'm like, well, whatever. It happens. Live radio, live streaming, whatever you call it, all right? Some people give me crap when I call it radio. You, you're on the radio dial. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. We're on WEMF Radio. You can listen live on the internet anywhere in the world. Anywhere. You can also listen on uh, the TuneIn app, if you didn't know. I, that's how I listen to all my radio now, on the TuneIn app. Even the ones on the radio dial, mostly. It's on your phone. You just download it, and you can listen to anything, anywhere. Hashtag radio now. Yeah, and uh, we're also uh, podcast everywhere now. Apple, iTunes, uh, the TuneIn app uh, is also has our podcast. Uh, Stitcher, we, we, we're pretty big on Stitcher now, apparently. We've charted a few times. Uh, we got another phone call, 617-500-7100 is the phone number. Uh, I'm with Beryl Lipton. Hello, and do we have a phone, phone yeah, call? Yeah, we do. Hello, this is Jeremiah McKinnon from Cannabis Society. Hey, bro. Hello. What's up, Jeremiah? How's it going? Good. Chilling, chilling. We, uh, we also have a guest here, too. I don't know. Hello. We, we want to make sure we get him in here. Uh, can you hold Hi. on one second, Jeremiah? Hey. What's that? Can you hold on one second? We're going to bring you... Yeah, sure. We, we want you to meet our guest here. Uh, we have another guest on the show that we haven't introduced. He's been sitting here. He was the first one here today, even here before I was, which is impressive. Hey, Known him for a long time. He's a uh, filmmaker. He used to work on Quiet Desperation. He's got some movies, one of them, Pony Trouble. Uh, he's a filmmaker, 
an artist, a guy I like. I've, I've done some video work with him in the past. Oh, I like you too, Mark. And uh, he's running for. He, <laughs> like you so much. He's on right? Facebook, and I and I follow him, and he's getting political about Bernie Sanders. And uh, did you decide to run because of Bernie Sanders? Run for office? Oh uh, yeah, I was thinking about it before, but then Bernie told everybody to run. And I was like, fine, I'm doing it. And your name's Warren Lynch. Yep. Uh, some people might know you. I know a lot of people like you on Facebook. I follow your stuff. Uh, but your campaign has already been suspended after you announced already quickly? Uh, yeah, my 2016 campaign has been already disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> but you're still going to run, though, you said, in 2018. I'm going to run in 2018, yes. I'm all about that. I love it. First time candidate, you're going to run. And do you know what party? Or are you just going to see what happens here? Uh, I'm still registered as a Democrat, so I'll probably be running as a Democrat and, unless uh, Bernie tells us all to leave the party. <laughs> nice. And are you asking for uh, Leland Chung's endorsement today when you toss our? Uh, well, uh, we're going to have a meeting in a few days and discuss our different platforms, and hopefully we'll get a mutual endorsement after that. Cool. Uh, so we have a phone call. Jeremiah, a friend of the show, used to do the show after us uh, with the Cannabis Society, Fresh Weed. Uh, you work for Mass Patients Advocacy Alliance. What's going on? I know you uh, ran into the governor of Massachusetts the other day. What's, what's up with you? Yeah, yeah. Last, uh, yesterday, when the uh, anti-marijuana campaign was having their uh, kickoff event, I I saw the press release and everything, and decided to go down myself because I wanted to check out Governor Baker and Marty Walsh. You know, spew all the reefer madness they were going to spew. So I got in originally, and I was sitting down and waiting for the press conference to start, and all the state reps and senators start to fill in, Jason Lewis, Hannah Kane, everybody that's come out in uh, opposition against uh, Kremla, the ballot question. And uh, once those people started to show up, uh, someone from the campaign, uh, who I can't, I didn't get his name, but he was telling me, you know, this is only invited press and invited supporters, so uh, public was not allowed, so you have to leave. Uh which was unfortunate because, you know, I, I, you know, gone down there and everything. And so I, I took a little time getting out of there and I, I, I saw everybody and I did run into Governor Baker very quickly as I was pressing the down button on the elevator. Uh, as I'm, you know, they're kicking me out, out walks the governor and, you know, kind of shell shocked me, you know, just to see him standing there, you know. He, uh, he looked right down at me and I said, well, it's nice to meet you, Governor. And he, you know, kind of walked right you know past me but he saw me and then i filed into the elevator behind him but it was uh an interesting scene because you know the uh the whole crew it, it seems to be mostly the state house uh people trying to fight against marijuana legalization it's weird that they uh kicked you out like what do they have to hide <laughs> i've never heard of a yeah, campaign my, event uh, yeah, for initiative I, kicking I, people out it's weird yeah sorry i mean sorry to interrupt i'm just my thought was that you know how are you going to get the public to vote no on this if you don't even let them be a part of your campaign right on yeah i guess they only want people who are on their on their script uh did i hear that you might have been wearing a young jerks t-shirt too I was. I was wearing a Young Jerks t-shirt, yeah. I think that's what probably happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what happened. They, <laughs> did the governor see that t-shirt? Yeah, I think he did. I mean, I had. I mean, I did have a little, uh, you know, uh, button-up shirt, but it was open. So, I mean, you, the, the big logo, that big black shirt was oh, there. Oh, you can't miss so. it. 
That's, that's what, funny. That was that's my that must have been what made him continue on forward. I think that's how said, they okay. found you. I think that's how they knew <laughs> that you were uh, with the uh, bad campaign, the legal campaign. Stephen Mandilli's here too. He's been trying to uh, meet with the governor for a while. You have any comment on that, Stephen? I'm not surprised at all, Jeremiah. You? I mean, did that surprise you at all that you got kicked out at all? Sorry, guys, couldn't hear you on that. that Stephen asked if uh, you were surprised at all that he got that you got kicked out. Yeah, oh, I was so surprised too initially because you know I came in and they were all introducing themselves to me, saying thank you for coming. There's going to be some high schoolers in recovery that you can come meet later, but we're going to have a press conference and thank you for coming. And then, you know, as the state reps started showing up, they thought maybe that I could you know start talking to them, and I guess maybe that's what they didn't want. Well, well, well how they did didn't you really want? How did you tell? Like, did you tell them that you were? Um, who, who, how, did you just tell them you're a member of the public? Did you tell them you're reporting for Dick Boston? Because yeah, I'd asked you to write. I was said I was a member of the public. Just okay. you know, I was in. You know, I saw the press release. I said I got an email, and you know, then they were like, "Okay, you know, sounds good <laughs> to me." But then they, later on, you know, lots of suits, lots of you know, uh, it just seems like campaign. You know, the the you know the people in the state house. You know, they're, they're like I'm saying, I don't know how they're going to get anybody else to. Uh, support them from the public if they, you know, if it's really just them. Right. Maybe the fix is in already. <laughs> you know, the politicians can be as crooked as, crooked as crooked. No, none with the vote. No when there are a million votes short. I, I think we're going to win big on it. I, be, I believe it. Legal. Um, you have any comment? Warren Lynch running for office? 2018? Uh, about I, 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 I wish yeah. Or even the, the, the whole legal that. issue. Uh, yeah, well, you know, can't have the voters meeting with us state reps. <laughs> you know, you might be telling us the truth and we might uh, change the law. <laughs> do, you, do you support legalization, Warren? Definitely. Okay. Def I figured you would. Stephen, go ahead. Jeremiah, Nicole, and Michael from the MPA were with me uh, a couple of weeks ago. We were together in there um, delivering messages to some of the representatives. And, and they witnessed firsthand me getting, getting kicked out. Of the state house, yep, getting the state police call on me in, in the office while I was sitting down. A peaceful veteran. W while we were asking for public information from a public servant who would not give it to us. Was there a brawl? Not at all. Mm. I just sat there. Oh. I asked for someone's boss's name and I got kicked out. Oh. The funny thing is, though, when the cops show up, they're like, "Oh, we like Stephen." Oh yeah. <laughs> like, why, why did you call the cops on him? Yeah. Like, well, come on, it's Stephen. Stephen gets along with everyone, don't you? Yep. Yeah. But yeah, they they wanted to uh, withhold that public information. I mean, it was so quick to find out his boss's name. It says, you know, I you know, I thought you worked for the public, buddy. Just just say it. I mean, you know, if you have a boss, what's her name? Simple so, as that. Yeah, and that's the governor's office we're talking about. Maybe I, you need a FOIA request. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but the, the governor doesn't uh, honor those. Well, I guess he does in his own way, but he doesn't have to legally. Six one seven five hundred seventy one hundred is the phone number. Um, yeah, I'm going to try to do a FOIA request on the governor, too, I think, unrelated to some stuff. Oh, yeah. We'll see how he honors it. Thank you for calling in, Jeremiah. Thank thanks you for the for work that call. you're doing, too. And thanks for doing Yeah, night, exactly. Everybody. You, too, man. You, too. And thanks, thanks. for the work Bye. you're doing out there, man. Yeah. yeah. And keep Thank those you. videos coming out, man. Send me some more links. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, Nicole and uh, Jeremiah both call in from Mass Patients Advocacy Alliance today. We support them. Check out their organization for medical marijuana patients. Steven, you're a part of that group, right? Supporting them? Yes, yes. Work we with work them? together, yes. I love work with them and um, getting things done for patients without worrying about the fear, the bad things, yeah. so many bad things that 
I mean, there's actually money going into looking at the good things now, finally. Excellent. Uh, we're the Young Jerks. We're here every Saturday at 6 p.m. We're sitting with uh, Stephen Mandilli, the veteran uh, from Veterans Alternative Healing, Inc., and also uh, Warren Lynch, a filmmaker who's running for office for Congress, U.S. Congress 2018. Tell me about your campaign that lasted five days. Why did you uh, run and then cancel it so quickly? What, what, what are some of the hurdles you found out about running a campaign like this? Well, uh, first thing I found out is it's way easier to run than I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there, there's this book where they list all the, all the different candidates for uh, U.S. Congress in the state. There's only nine seats to be run for, and there were only 17 candidates. That means one person ran with no opponent, and the rest of them only had one opponent. Um, so it's pretty much anyone's game. You, uh, you can get... You can, in fact, actually get elected to uh, U.S. Congress with only about 200,000 votes. You can get uh, Leland's job with only about 4,000 votes. Uh, you Which can get city council in Cambridge, right? No, oh, no state for Senate. state Senate. Okay. The city, one he's city, going for. Yeah, the one he's going for. And uh, the one I'm running for, you only need 2,000 votes to win. A lot of us have that many friends on social media. And... Um, if you know how to use social media, unlike a lot of these politicians, um, you can actually get elected. My, my friend uh, Tara Friedrichs got elected mayor of Acton, um, only trying one time, only campaigning for a week. Um, just no by, way. She got just, elected? Yeah. She, wow. she, With she, a social media campaign? That's great. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> as an independent. See, that's what I love. Yeah, yeah. I love when we win things we can win. Like, oh, That's my other you know, thing I'll bring up to you. Uh, maybe wouldn't it be better to run for a local race where you might like like she won that way she yeah. Yeah, have a better chance maybe running for state rep or state senate or yeah there's so many offices that i didn't even know about before i got into this um there's city council town council school board uh sheriff you can run for dog catcher you can run for state senate state <laughs> i'd probably want to let all the dogs go though maybe you would <laughs> though i couldn't though because i know it's not good for them either sometimes i don't know it's Dog catcher would be a tough job for me. I'd okay. be thinking about every dog. I'd be like, we can't do that to this dog. <laughs> You'd end up with a whole, whole It'd be like, dogs. The bill is like $10 million for 10 dogs we took care of. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be very responsible, I guess, with the money. I'd just spend it all on the dogs. But if you're frustrated about dog policy in your town and you want to make a, make a change, you can do so with only a few hundred dogs. I stole all the money for the dogs. I'm a dog walker. I love dogs. So. And like town council, you can win with like 40 votes. Not 40. Yeah. It depends on the city. Depends on the, the town. town. A lot of towns, hardly anybody yeah, goes. I know, right? Um, in, in Malden, where I live, um, they have seven uh, city council members. And the meeting I went to, there was 12 people there. Right. That's and the they, I, I was. They asked I was me honestly, if I was running for office, uh, and I was like, "You know what? I am." I love it. I, I love it. Keep running for office. Run for democracy. Multiple. Look at look at another guy you like is Vermin Supreme, right? You're a yep. big fan of. I oh, see he his, came in fourth in in New Hampshire for president, right? Wow. And he run. I mean, he's now he's getting on uh, votes and other like he's not even running for stuff, and people vote for him. <laughs> like yep. he's yep, like he one of my right de facto's. I got a few de facto. Sometimes it's my own name. If I don't like anyone, I'm gonna write somebody in. Or write none of the above, or write vermin. Or vermin. Yeah, he's the best. I mean, he's kind of like the de facto for a lot of people. Free ponies for all Americans. Time travel research. He's got all the best platforms. What are some of the issues you your platform? 
platform? Uh, I'm with Bernie. I want to push Bernie's platform as far as I can in our state. If things don't pass uh, federally, I want them to happen in our state because a lot of issues, they happen in Massachusetts first and then they get passed in there. What are some of those bigger ones, you think? Uh, the ones we've got passed so far? Or no, the ones, the ones that you would like to see happen. Well, we need marijuana legalization. We need an uh, increase in the minimum wage. We need uh, to stop all our... Uh, counterproductive, disastrous regime change wars. We need um, uh, to fix income inequality in numerous different ways. We need to get rid of tax loopholes, which uh, allow billionaires to just allow our cities and towns to become totally gutted with no funding because all of the tax money is going off offshore because, you know... What, it gets tax breaks to GE to come in? You know, to GE. <laughs> like, what's up with that? Like they are, they, they can afford to pay taxes, but yeah, we're gonna give them breaks. You know what I'm saying? Corporations. There was a piece in Spare Change. Isn't GE get, paying like negative taxes at this Something point? Like that, yes. <laughs> yeah, Donald Trump too. Yeah. So it's just kind of crazy. <laughs> it, it, yeah, that we the people, but yeah, it's like we is become we the corporations. Yeah. That are, kind of, that are really the ones that are being listened to. They could afford lobbyists, lawyers, and stuff like that. So it's unfortunate that our voices are being squashed out. But as you pointed out, if we actually get involved locally, we can do something about yeah, it. Yeah, locally is, is the best way we can change that. Not only by voting for these local offices, but also by running. They're so much easier to win. Than they I did not realize that. Yeah. The corporations yeah. in the Republican Party have realized that for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how they do it. Exactly. exactly. They go into the small, and that's why the Coach Brothers, that's one of their strategies, is going into states and even going into universities and colleges and start they, they start their whole propaganda or their whole uh, indoctrination right there because if you take any of the money from the Koch brothers you can't um, teach certain things you can't say certain things your university is now kind of withheld and kind of said you've got to teach our doctrine so yeah. it's just kind of messed up that like I thought education was supposed to be the truth not the corporate's version of the truth you know well and they've got the head start taking over so many of our local offices um, in different states um, but uh, you know, and they have a little bit of money and infrastructure, but actually, social media can get you even further than than money can a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Jeb Bush got hardly any votes at all, and he yep. spent millions and millions of dollars. Fifty million dollars, and, and uh, Donald Trump had, didn't spend any money, and he had a lot of social media and free media. Yeah. But that's the big thing: can you generate the big media? Um, a lot of our friends have run for office in the past, and some of them have run into issues where they're starting to poll, but. Uh, the, like you know, I'm not. Uh, well, maybe I will say no. Uh, Channel Five was one of them. WCVB would come to him and say, "Oh, you don't have enough money. You haven't, uh, you haven't bought enough ads on our station. If you want to yeah. spend fifty grand of ads on our station, then we'll we'll have a debate. Then we'll yeah. allow you to get some free press." Yeah. I mean, is wow. how do you break how do you, yeah. how do you break through the, to that when you're not Donald Trump as the average person? Because Donald Trump's getting it because he's got all the network shows and yeah. he's already known. You got to go outside the mainstream media because yeah. we are the media. Yeah. The more people uh, read social media every day by about ten times than people who watch news on television. And, and, and exactly, it's like with the phones, things are changing. Basically, if it wasn't for the phones, we wouldn't have the Black Lives Matter sure. movement. That's right. Well, you know, we, we, we probably wouldn't have this show right now. Yeah. Either. I mean, that's another example. Yeah. I mean, Technology independent that. media is growing, I think, in some respects, finding new ways to get funding. And, uh, you know, I, I thought about running. I was going to run in Cambridge last time or even this time, but I've moved and I'm in a new place. So I don't know. To reassess. Well, and, it, you know, it's a lot to do. I would love to see. I think people need to run. I agree. Well, yeah. one other way to get on television if you are running and you want to get into debates and stuff. 
um, comedians, TV stations love comedians, and you and I know a few of them. Just bring them with us. <laughs> you know, have Big Nez on there. Big you know, Nez. Robbie <laughs> Roadstein. Yeah. We, we do comedy here, too. That's what I'm, we do. I'm sometimes. a comedian. Yeah. Not well, well known or recognized, but I'm a comedian. Yeah. Yeah, you should debate Pat Jalen. Yeah, I, I no, will. I'll debate I'll Pat Jalen. Yeah, the I'll first one. Wait a second, Pat, is he a he or she? No, she's uh, she. <laughs> I'll go on for an hour about how she didn't come on to the show. Yeah. <laughs> the whole debate. <laughs> like, you insulted us. You, you insulted did not represent. Listeners. You're supposed to be a representative. Yeah. You did Leland not represent. came on. Yeah, he answered that question. We were easy on him this time, too, because last time we came, like, there were callers giving him a hard time. They didn't call in. They, they, I want to sit in apparently, but there's so many people here. I, just, I couldn't allow it. I was like, no, we have too. We do have a lot of people here, don't we? Today, Rogue? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Usually we, yeah. Usually we. Six one seven five hundred seventy one hundred is the phone number. If you want to weigh in, maybe you got a question for Stephen Mandilli, uh, the veteran, or uh, you want to talk about medical marijuana or legalization. We played a PSA earlier from Mass Can Normal, uh, which is uh, pro uh, for the initiative that we support, uh, that I support, anyways. Campaign to regulate marijuana like alcohol, um, and we also have Warren Lynch in here running for Congress two thousand eighteen. What's the district where could people vote on for you, Warren? Uh, Middlesex 33rd, Malden. Cool. I'm running against Stephen Altrino. Who is that? I never even heard of him. Oh, he's sort of an establishment Democrat. He's, he's good on environmental issues. He's already he's announced for 2018? Oh, he's incumbent. Oh, he's incumbent? Yeah. What's his name? Stephen Altrino. He's a st state rep, not st state rep. Oh, so you're running for state rep now? State rep, yeah. I, I ran for... Uh, Oh, so you were US doing the Congress, Congress in see, my last one. I like so. So you change it to state rep. See, I didn't get that. It's state rep now. Oh. Yeah, because uh, originally That's I wanted cool. to run state rep, and uh, they told me that I wasn't a Democrat and that I had missed the deadline to run as a Democrat. And I was like, oh, okay, well, what can I run for? And they're like, you have to run for federal office. And I was like, fine, I'll run for federal office. And then they told me I was a Democrat and I couldn't run for federal office. <laughs> wow. So now I'm running 2018 for state rep. You're for get state rep again, up. yeah. All right, I like that. They say that you weren't a Democrat. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Uh, they said, you know, our records say that you're not registered as a Democrat. And I'm like, your voting record? Have you been registered as a Democrat for I a while? I have been since 2002. <laughs> oh, well, it seems like they should know, I, huh? I, I voted <laughs> 10 times. I that's got strange. Records of it. They know when they send you all those annoying mailers uh, and well, you donate to the Democrat. And by the yeah. time I could prove it, I had already missed the deadlines. So. That's strange. Well, I'm glad. I'm, yeah. I, I, I'm happy that you're running for state rep because I think that uh, that's a better well, campaign for you. One, one of the reasons I'm running is, like, I don't know... I don't think I have huge chances, but um, you might I'm trying have. to figure out the system so that more people, like you know, regular yep. people, yep. can run for their offices. Things are changing and I can too. give them tips on, you know, try this, try that. We yeah. the people, man. Yeah, it's we, we the, people. the people. At the very least, put a little fear into the incumbent. Yeah. You know, <laughs> have a challenge. And yeah. all you're doing is getting out in your community and yep. finding out what's going exactly. on. And exactly. To help, so. yeah, and the incumbent's more likely. Better. To take on your issues later that yeah. you care about, even if they you know beat you, because they, they don't want you to run again, they don't want you to get more support next time. So, such as cannabis legalization. You like that? You're all about it, right? <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah, I think I am. Almost everyone in the state is. Yeah, yeah pretty much. But uh, some token not the politicians and uh, vested interests. Yeah. <laughs> Barrel, you know a lot about that. We need to run against them. <laughs> That's it. No, Beryl, you're, you're from um, Muckrock. It's yes, M-U-C-K-R-O-C-K. Exactly. Dot com. Mm -hmm. 
You guys do uh, these FOIA requests, which are... So the Freedom of Information Act is um, the federal law that says that the documents and records created by the government belong to the people whose government it is. Um, and at the state level, uh, there are public record laws, and Muckrock helps people file, um, file these requests because, unfortunately, oftentimes the government either doesn't know where they keep their records, doesn't want to release their records, can't be bothered to retrieve the records, so we help uh, give people sort of a third party. To, uh, it's nice to be able to say to an agency when they say, we never got your email, to pull up the raw email and say, you definitely did. Yeah, it's right here. And Mock Rock's helping me make it happen. And you help, you do this for private citizens, for uh, like, you know, uh, activists, but also reporters like myself that want to, I don't know how to do these things for the most part. And you guys have this platform where I can set it up and do it and I can get help from Exactly. Like you and other and reporters there. Part of what's sort of disgusting, you know, I was thinking earlier today, I never, and, and I've thought even before I worked at Muckrock, you know, I never really got a civics education. I used to hear about a civics class, but, you know, we don't even know how to run in our local elections. We don't even know how our town's yeah. government is structured, you know? It shouldn't be that mysterious. It's happening around us and to us. Yeah. So I, There's yeah. six elections every election year. We only yeah. hear about one of them. In, yeah. in Massachusetts, there's a state election, there's a state primary, there's a national primary, there's county elections, district elections. Exactly. We don't hear about any of that. And God forbid we get the day off to actually participate Ooh. in. Right. Oh my God, in other countries where it's allowed to actually, so you can take, it's a national right. holiday to right. vote. That's no, right. We can take yeah. other holidays, but not that yeah, one not where that we're supposed, supposed to, participate. to participate. Yes. <laughs> why? I don't know exactly. Hmm. It's supposed to be a government by the people, for the people, and of the people. And that's why September 8th, we want people to vote. Yeah. On that yeah. primary this year. You've got to vote in Massachusetts. And, you know, and I think, I think as, as a, uh, we as a people should stand up and start demanding that the fu that yeah. elections There's be a lot a of good holiday. candidates this time. September like, 8th, we, yeah. we have uh, Mike Conley running against Tim Toomey. Toomey hasn't come on the show. Conley has. Conley's a friend of the show. I'm endorsing Mike Conley at this point. You know, if these candidates won't come on the show, you got to endorse the person that will. No Money Mike is running. It's a it's a contested race for the yeah. first time. You got a reason to vote September eighth. Uh, you saw today Leland Chung in here running a strong campaign against Pat Jalen, who's been an incumbent for a long time now. Another reason to vote. Yes. You got Alex Mendez running. Uh, he's also uh, running as an independent. I, I'm not sure if he'll be on the primary vote. He might be. But either way, you got a reason to vote in Quincy. Uh, we we got uh, Aaron James, who's come on the show, a pirate, yep, Somerville, yep. another reason to vote. Yeah. There's a lot of new candidates and a lot of new reasons to vote. And the, the, uh, our, our, one of our founding fathers, I believe, um, Thomas Jefferson, said that the tree, the roots of liberty shall be fertilized with new blood every blood 20 years. Patriots. Yeah. We need more you to vote, more yeah, exactly. you get involved, more you to vote, more you get registered. So every 20 years he was saying you got to kick everyone out of government because you need new people because they become complacent, they become power hungry, or they, you know, they just they become corrupt. Corrupt, basically. Yep. It does happen. It does happen. The system so saying, corrupts you. Yeah. Every so, 20 years you need new people. Go ahead. So if I want to find out which corrupt politician <laughs> screwed up my uh, registration, can I use Muckrock for that? You could use Muckrock oh. for that, yeah. Um, you could just let us know what agency sort of what you were supposed to be filing and as long as it's a state public agency Massachusetts they should, election especially commission. especially because it's your own information so you absolutely you know you couldn't necessarily ask for a Rhodes file but you could certainly ask for your own file I'm gonna do it yeah, yeah. Please, please do yeah I you know I gotta uh, I'm trying to ask for emails from a local uh, I was gonna say sheriff he's not a sheriff he's a local uh, police chief mm. <laughs> what do you think the chances I'll get the emails 
I mean, they should give you the emails. I mean, I think that probably there's a pretty good chance they'll hit you with some fees, fees to try right? to deter oh, you. Oh, boy. But. This is what I hate. There's always a game. Uh, we're the Young Jerks. We're over time. we got to go. It's 7.39. Uh, we started a little late, but that's all right. We can, we can go to 8 p.m. because we're the Young Jerks. They let us go if we want, but we, we do got to go. Uh, it was a good week. Thank everyone for uh, calling, listening, all the uh, everyone except for Rhodes, of course. Of course. <laughs> Thank but I'll you, be out Herbie. there still. Thank you, Herbie, behind the board. Thanks, Herbie. Woo! Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to thank all the guests, Leland Chung, for coming in, Warren Lynch. Thank you. What's your website, me. Warren? You have a website, Facebook? You have a uh, Facebook, Warren uh, Lynch for <laughs> state rep, is it now? Warren Lynch for, for uh, Massachusetts state representative on Facebook. Yeah. We'll post that on our Facebook page, yeah, too. Yeah, I'll send it to your website. The Young Jerks. Uh, look at, look, if you don't know, like us on Facebook, too. If you're listening maybe on uh, one of those podcasts for the first time, yeah. listen to us live on Saturday, 6 p.m., WEMF Radio, TuneIn app. I want to give uh, Beryl uh, a big thank you for coming in oh, today. Thank you for having me. It's You're been so awesome. fun. You're really, I really liked having you on the show. Give you a little round of applause. Is it your first time like uh, hosting a radio show? Um, in college, I had a jazz show very early in the morning, <laughs> so I, I hardly ever spoke. <laughs> I could tell, though. No, you seemed like you knew exactly what you were doing, you were, especially the questions, the way you talked on the mic. It was perfect. Um, I also saw in your bio, do you, do you go to Harvard or do you graduate from Harvard? I graduated from Harvard. Wow. So first time the show's been co-hosted by someone from Harvard. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and you, I saw you're a history major too, right? Uh, history and Literature of America. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That's, right. That's, That's the You're like made for this show, let me tell you. I'm a, I was a history major too and I do a little bit of writing, but uh, perfect. I love it. Uh, are you around? I know next week too. There's an opening. Would you be around next week, maybe? Or I don't not? know if I can do next week. Okay, we'll figure it out. Will yeah, you come we'll back talk. again, though. I would love to come back. Awesome. When you come back, can we talk about jury nullification? Jury nullification. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> we the people. <laughs> Let's talk about the TPP. Yeah. Oh goodness. <laughs> Let's talk. Grant, what about it? Do you, are you totally against the TPP, Warren? Before of course. The, yeah. Yeah, it gives corporations uh, sovereignty over our, our laws and, yeah. and government. Yeah. Did you notice how I did that? I ignored what Rhodes had for a topic, and I went to the guest. That's professional radio. <laughs> oh, but actually, you. I'll go back to Rhodes. Black Lives Matter, you want to get your 20 seconds in today because no, of all everything that's happened? Jury nullification. Oh, well, well, I just want to say that it's, if more people got involved as far as like getting involved with their government, and as she says, the fact that they don't have civic lessons anymore in high school, I feel that's really part of the whole issue of like educating the populace and citizens being involved. And the fact that we don't have national holidays when we want to vote, that's really messed up. If we have a democracy, if our democracy is supposed to be the beacon of it, like how come everyone else yeah, gets Why to aren't we making it better and working on it? Yeah. Like in Cambridge, the city government seems to try to do that. We, we talked about some of the ways they're doing just, that. Just, well, we just can. We need things. to do that on the state level, too, and that's why I like... And in other cities. Yeah. I, and bring yeah. it... I liked what Barrow brought up today, too, to uh, bring it... Like, how do you bring that from Cambridge to, say, like, you know, you know, uh, you know, West Newbury, Mass, or wherever it is, you know, I'm just throwing out towns, but any town in the state, how do you bring it to them? Especially maybe some of the rural areas further out west as well. Uh, but again, we, we do got to go. We keep going back. We're, we're geeks. We like to talk about policy all day. <laughs> 617-500-7100. There's another show coming up, and it's a new, uh, well, maybe it's not a new show. It's a new show after us. What, and I know this guy. What's, what's the next show coming up, uh, Herbie? Well, while, while the, the New Year's Park show is taking a summer break, uh, uh, Nikki's uh, Rock and Roll Circus is moving up uh, to 8 o'clock from 8 to 10. 
Nikki's nice. Rock and Roll Circus. It sounds pretty fun. Rock and Roll Circus. Does he bring the parrot in? He's got a bird. Yes, Osiris is uh, is uh, is a parrot. Uh, a parrot. Jesus. A parrot, not a, a pirate. parrot. A parrot. Like a bird. Well, he could be a pirate with a pirate. Yeah, he he, he <laughs> has. You got a pirate coming in with a parrot and it's a Rock and Roll Circus. <laughs> Nikki's. Stay tuned. 8 p.m. Right. Eight That's to right. ten. Uh, we'll be back next week again with the Young Jerks. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Beryl, again. Oh, thank you, Mike. We'll see you next thank week. Thank you, Beryl. Thank you, Warren. This is WEMF Radio. And Steve. WEMF Radio. 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 WEMF